dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going mega man <laughs> uh, that, that that was a, an, an ice cold <laughs> boomerang bomber quanger <laughs> <laughs> had to really struggle for that one. <laughs> I, uh, what are we even doing, man? <laughs> I, uh, I, I realized when I was setting up my show notes, uh, I was like, oh, I can make this joke. Why is that so? Like, why did that leap to mind so fast? Oh, because we just recorded Superman 64 where I made almost the same joke. But you know what? I'm, it's fine. I'm, fi- I'm fine with it. It's fine. I'm not a they're joke evergreen, factory. They're evergreen episodes. Yeah, yeah they're evergreen episodes. So pe- may, people may not have seen that one. Um, so this is apropos of nothing. Um, but I just need you to understand the burden that, that like I have to deal with, that, that you have been, been, you know, blessed to never have to deal with, right? Is it, I, you know, you always open and I always close, right? Which means... You never have to wildly improvise on my witty rejoinder, right? You know, so like <laughs> <laughs> you'll throw something at me and then all of a sudden my mind races a mile a minute to like try to match that level of cleverness. And and that's what a one looks like, just so everyone knows. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, no, I, I get bummer. it. And uh, <laughs> if I recall correctly, <laughs> I think we were uh, naturally I was opening and you were closing and then Fairly yeah. early on, you codified that. You were like, oh, I like yeah. that one of us opens and one of us closes. Oh. So like it's it it's uh I'm I'm not saying you're to blame. It's just that all of the blame is yours. <laughs> oh, and 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 just like a the straight white male that I am, I am now going to complain about that fact. <laughs> like <laughs> I created a system in which in which I personally wanted this thing. And now I'm going to complain about how awful it is for everyone, but me. Yeah. yeah. No, that, uh, that checks I'm out. Doing entirely. My job. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> Please don't take the ending away from me. I love it a lot. I No, I won't. <laughs> I, it, and it's also then now I don't have to think about it. Cause I'm like, yeah, when, when we're done, George will just make a joke and I'll stop recording. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we played Mega Man legends, uh, which came out in, 1997 for just in time for Christmas. Jesus, just in time for Christmas, December 18th. Uh, if nothing else good came out of us playing this game, um, someone that uh, is they, they're like a tech writer. I've followed their work for a long time. Like, I, you know, they, they do some stuff I follow closely. Some stuff I'm like, oh, those aren't my hobbies. But that person came into the stream for this game and was like, Oh my God, they made like an RPG Mega Man. This is amazing. I didn't even know this. And I was like, hey, <laughs> so it's just like a, <laughs> a weird because this is not like a super famous person. It's just like someone I only know one sided through the Internet. So it's just like, mm. hey, <laughs> hey, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's. And the weird thing is that, you know, this is definitely when I was a kid and did not own a PlayStation. I was like, oh, my God, if they made a Mega Man RPG, it would be the best thing ever. I want this more than anything in the world. And the, you know, now, now I get to, to do an episode about it. So that's a plus. That's positive. Yeah. Well, positive here, you, you want your mind blown even more. So you may not have even known this game existed because it was on the PS1. 
I forgot that this game was also on the N64 until someone in chat was like, oh, why didn't you want to play the the terrible N64 version with like the 10 foot draw distance? And I was like, right. That's why I forget this game was on the N64 because it was such a travesty that no one played it. Like they tried to take the game wholesale from the PlayStation and put it on the N64 and the N64 is not, it's good at different things than the PlayStation is good at, but it's not great at a lot of things, right? Like people who made good games for that hardware had to program for that hardware. Porting straight across from PlayStation to N64 was was never going to go well, which is why I just never remember that this game was even on the N64. So I'm not, I'm not surprised that even with an N64 in your house, you just were like, huh, what? Cause, cause it was like critically panned. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So nostalgia experience. So I played the ever loving mess out of this game when it was new. Um, I had real fondness for it at the time because it's Mega Man and it's an RPG, right? Exactly. Like you said, like this was just like some, corporate monster went down the checklist of things that would make me buy a video game and that just here here it is right um the thing about this series that uh is kind of remarkable to me is i haven't actually replayed this game since it was relatively new so probably since like the late 90s early 2000s you know not uh not one i just went back to constantly but it has this really deep place in my mind because there's a prequel game that is like a complete faff where you actually play as Tron Bon instead of as any of the heroes. So it's like an anti-hero game. Uh, and then there's a second one uh, that's still on the PS1. And then two decades passed and a bunch of people got together and were like, okay, we're finally going to do it. We're going to make Mega Man Legends 3. And the internet exploded at that news. And there was a Kickstarter and all the right people were attached. And I don't know the story. And I didn't look it up ahead of this episode because I didn't want to accidentally taint myself. but. Uh, it never happened. And because it never happened, it has this like, it, it's like the, the mosquito trapped in Amber from Jurassic park. Like people just worship this, <laughs> this unmade game as a God and like, Hey, maybe it would have been great. I don't know. No one knows because it was never released, but like, it's, it's almost worse that it was never released because people now talk about it as if we all got deprived of the greatest game ever. So having not played this game in like 15, 20 years. Um, I was surprised how many opportunities it had to like reinsert itself into my psyche because of the weird place it occupies in pop culture. Yeah. And, and for me, uh, I kind of touched on my nostalgia experience, which is a none, uh, but B, I mean, like, honestly, I, I just, the Mega Man series is one that has like, a couple of gems and a whole lot of rough, a couple diamonds, a whole lot of rough. Right. You know, and, and I think that the, the thing that I find disappointing about that is that I, I only played the diamonds when I was a kid. Right. You know, like I played the Mega Man's for the NES and then Mega Man X. And then I just by happenstance completely dipped out of the series effectively forever. Um, to the point where when they did the, uh, uh, um, uh, who would win the death battle, right? Battle Royale with all of the different Mega Man, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I was like, come on, Mega Man X. Come on, Mega Man X. He's the definitive Mega Man. And they're like, well, what about this, like, Mega Man that is basically playing Pokemon where, like, Mega Man is his Pokemon. I'm like, what What are you doing? Get, get out of here. It's Mega Man X. And it wasn't. And it bummed me out. Uh, but anyway, so 
so like it's just weird <laughs> to me like with this game uh, other games like or, or you know if we take a look at because we played Mega Man X3 right and it was like what why, why does that exist um it, it's it's like I just we, we need to stop playing Mega Man games like I'm happy <laughs> with the Mega Man games that I played you know like so I'm not saying that this one was bad. I'm just saying that it wasn't Mega Man X. It was never going to be Mega Man X. It was the first four way in the three three dimensions, right? And if we learned anything from Sonic the Hedgehog, is it something that works in 2D? Is it moving it to 3D? It ain't even quantifiable, right? Like that's that's a, a huge chore, especially when you don't have all of the tools that are needed to even be a 3D game. So, uh, but we'll get into all of that uh, in the review. And uh, I'll I'll say this one last thing, just because I don't know where I would mention this otherwise. And you were just talking about other Mega Man games. So there's Mega Man Classic, right? The the NES games, and then the later games that are in the NES style. And then there's the X series, of which I think there are six, possibly that seven, right. but I, th- yeah. I think six. I, th- I think six, yeah. And then uh, on the Game Boy Advanced, uh, there's the Zero series, right? Where... You play a zero and it's like it, there's a super big story. There's four games. There's like this massive war and and like there, you know that like the lore is in the game. It's like super heavy. Here's the thing that blows my mind. Um, Mega Man Classic, Mega Man X, uh, the Mega Man Zero or what, whatever that series was called, Zero X or whatever it was. And the Mega Man Legends games, they all happen in the same universe on one coherent timeline. The only Mega Man games other than like jokey side games and stuff, but the only Mega Man games that actually don't take place on one coherent timeline are those what I think you aptly called like Pokemon games, the the battle network <laughs> games. Um, yeah. Those are their own totally separate thing. But it's just weird to me that when you say like, oh, Mega Man X is my favorite, it's like, right. And he literally lives in the universe with Mega Man Classic and Mega Man Legends. Like both of those things happen in his universe. Yeah, which is which is awesome. And it's that type of stuff that I, I just got. I ate up as a kid, you know, <laughs> I mean, like I remember when I was playing, you know, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker being like, OK, so if this is where the Master Sword is, then that means that this area and like trying to like overlay it with, you know, Ocarina of Time, I mean, God, I miss having that type of time. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were young sh- ones. Um, yeah, we do. Show? Show. Uh, <laughs> so if you like what we're doing, uh, you can leave us a rating and review. You can go on the Twitters and say nice things to us because we're both on there. Uh, you can go on our website and fill out the feedback form if you're not a Twitter person because uh, I, c- I kind of get that. It's sort of a dumpster fire over there. Uh, you can request games. You can tell us we're doing a good job, right? All, all that stuff. We love to hear from y'all. Um, if you want to go crazy and actually like give us money, uh, to help us keep the lights on, to help us keep the, what, what is the thing Mega Man would need to keep on to help us keep the flutter flying? Yeah. Cause that's the name of the ship. If you want to support us to help us keep the flutter, the whole game centers around your ship being broken. Keep, keep, keep our, keep our E-tanks full, man. Ah, nice. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a, it's a canteen in this one. If if you yeah. wanna if you wanna top off our canteens, there see that go. that even uh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, use take eight. <laughs> uh, you can actually support us on Patreon. Uh, we have many lovely patrons, and you get cool stuff if you support us. Uh, everybody who supports us actually gets access to the after show, where uh, you and I just say more words into microphones, but only uh, people who have disposable income are allowed to hear those words. 
uh, if you support us at a crazy enough level, uh, we will actually shout you out on the show. Uh, and so we want to give a special shout out to our 8-Bit Classics, Kevin. Known very much so in those circles for fighting evil by moonlight. John? I mean, I hear this person is great at winning love by daylight. Jason? This particular individual never runs from a real fight. And Yarno. Yarno has never turned his back on a friend. (laughs) (laughs) This is, I'm wondering how this is going to work out here in a second. Uh, Our 16 bit heroes, Michael. That always there to defend. And Jacob. The, Jacob is the one on whom I mean I can depend. The, the, okay, I know where this is going now, and this is going to be exciting for me and for you. I hope um, because what I didn't tell you beforehand, because I wanted to get your reaction on the show, uh, is uh, one of our sixteen-bit heroes actually upped their pledge, uh, so they are now a our first full three D supporter. So Ooh. we have our eight-bit classics, our sixteen-bit heroes, and we are now. Uh, excited to welcome our first full 3D supporter, David. The one named Sailor Moon. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what the after show will necessarily be about today, but it might be you explaining to me how you settled on the Sailor Scouts for this. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, yeah, no, that, you know what? I, I I would describe it right now, but no, let's let's save that for the after show, and then you know if you if you want to hear. What what deranged madness led me to being like, no no no, this is this is this is what I'm gonna do. Then then tune in, um, for as little as one dollar. Uh, so let's talk about visuals for this game. Um, all right, man, I I gotta be honest. Low poly is really low on my list of visuals styles, like art styles that I like. Uh, this game. I think has about my favorite low poly art ever made because it's they they looked at what the hardware was capable of and they said okay what can PlayStation hardware do it can do triangles and solid colors and they said what if all of the art direction was centered on triangles and solid colors and so everything looks great like everything looks exactly the way it did in my memory because everything is just triangles and solid colors. And, <laughs> and, and I'm really not trying to be sarcastic here. It's they leaned in really hard to this like pointy haired anime kind of robotic art style. Uh, the only places where you tend to see softer curves are in like weird places where they have to have them like data's ears around because he's a little monkey right the 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 front of the flutter is rounded but most things are flat or triangles which you know flat things are just made up of triangles next to each other uh and solid colors right there's it's always broad daylight and light is just coming from all directions so like there's very little shadows there's almost no dynamic lighting maybe no dynamic lighting like everything is just God, I love it, man. I love this art. Like, <laughs> I don't know why every PS1 game didn't either do high res pixel art or polygons like this. Like, too many people got excited to go for realism when we got to the 3D era, and I get that. But man, 
this game aged i mean think about final fantasy 7 with those goddamn hoof hands and everything looking like a mess like <laughs> this game aged so much better than that did in my mind and it's all because of the art direction it's the exact same hardware exact same capabilities but the art direction uh so good i love it yeah no i mean uh, uh, agreed and actually that was uh, like three of my notes is uh <laughs> yeah no is that they they definitely um I think that the main difference with with low poly is is a hundred percent the the art aesthetic right that they go with you know so um and 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 two you know like what are you what are you dealing with as far as a universe goes right so if you take like Goldeneye right for the n sixty four right that that low poly i mean they 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 worked so hard at it and it just it it doesn't look great because I know that they're trying to represent humans you know so they 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 did the best they could with what they had by all means but when you go back to it you're like ah, ah, all right but then if you look at even even legend of zelda ocarina of time right where ostensibly a lot of the people in there are human right but they're they're hylian you know and and there's you know like the zora which can look like anything you know so i think that the teams that really did it, where, where it holds up well are ones where they say it's a fantasy world it can look like anything so let's make it look like something that'll look that looks halfway decent. So the fact that, you know, take, for example, Mega Man, right? Um, Mega Man doesn't have his classic, you know, even Mega Man X or whatever domed helmet because that would have looked terrible, you know? Like, it, it would have been difficult for them to to spend so many polygons on making that particular thing around. So they're like, just make it spiky. Give them spiky hair. Nobody's in this for Mega Man's helmet, you know? Well, and, and to lean into that, uh, the helmet is hidden. You can unlock it, and you look so much worse with it on. <laughs> so much worse I mean, like it's it's one of those things where you're like i'm wearing this because of the effect it has on the mechanics but god i look so much better with my triangle hair <laughs> well that's the thing too is it's it's like they probably said you know hey <laughs> hey here's the art asset that looks terrible how, how can we how, how can we get rid of that you know but i mean we already made it let's keep it in the game but uh yeah and so all of the the characters are, are hyper anime right they've got hyper anime hair i mean like the anime hair is ridiculous ridiculous in this game you know like i mean the the one I, I'm, I'm terrible with names with real people so i'm definitely gonna duff all of these names um the the one purple girl in the purple with the the giant oh, like tron. horseshoe tron, yeah yeah the, 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 the bombs crab. are uh tron is the girl teasel with a t is the older brother who's all in green uh and yes. bon 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 is the younger brother yeah so teasel with like i mean He's got spiky hair, but to the point where he would, he, he's got a 10 foot reach with that hair. In D&D, like I would draw him out over a five foot, a 10 foot by 10 foot square. Yeah, he, you know? he has so, uh, like Raditz or Super Saiyan 3 hair. Yeah, yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. Which, I mean, what would happen if Raditz won Super Saiyan 3? But that's not the point. Um, <laughs> the point is, they, they, yeah, no, so I mean, like they, they definitely really uh, leaned into that. I mean, even taking like, you know, Mega Man's, um, the, the leg kind of armor, like it, it flanges out at the bottom in in all art, but this is just a it's a cylinder, right? Because it's like, what are we gonna do? We're we gonna make it flange out a little bit and spend the resources on that, and then like really curtail the draw distance and do all of this other kind of stuff that we would have to do in order to do that, or we're just gonna make them cylinders. You know what? Let's just make them cylinders. So I think that that they very very much so um, you know leaned into that, and I think that that that's the way to go as opposed to a lot of the playstation games that we have played they're like what if we made it gritty no grittier no 
grittier. It's like, no, nah, man, just make it. Rub, make it I want it to make feel like the sandpaper is going directly onto your eyeballs. <laughs> I want it. I want it to like grind through your eyeballs, through your corneas, and then implant itself directly onto your retinas. Which is why most of the games we've played seem like they're upside down because they're not getting reflected through the lenses, you know, like they should yeah. be. It happens with sandpaper exposure. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the uh, super anime faces. Uh, they put i'm gonna say no effort and and i don't mean that as a criticism but i i literally think they made no effort to localize the lip flaps you know the mouth animations um Mm -hmm. so there are times where characters say it's it's like watching speed racer right like (laughs) there are times where characters are speaking and their mouths aren't moving and when they have long since stopped speaking but their mouth is still moving and that's that's a budget thing. I I understand a little bit about how difficult and expensive that is, so I get why they'd be just be like, "Oh my god, who cares?" Like it'll just look like yeah. a bad dub of a Japanese thing, which is literally what it is. So they're like, "Who cares?" Um I I get why they would cut that corner. Uh but to the the facial animations supreme credit, uh it looks like what they did is they hand animated like pixel art eyes and nose and mouth and then mapped that flat onto like the face texture um which means these characters that are rendered you know Mega Man is made up of like six count them six whole polygons but his face is super expressive when you're talking to roll her face is super expressive when you're you know having all of your weird teenage romance interactions with Tron Bond like her face is super expressive like it's just it's they the games industry has spent so much time trying to take basically like a Kira Toriyama's art and map it to polygons. And it's, it's possible now, but like this is the year 2021 and they just (laughs) recently have started to really truly nail cell shading. And like when we were in college and we played like, you know, the dragon ball Budokai games, like those were good, but you could tell like you were under no illusions that those were not 3d models with this. It it's obviously a 3D model. I mean, like it's it's a 3D model, no question about it. But like the the faces capture the exact emotions of an anime, which is super obviously what they're going for, and they nailed it. So like every time oh, yeah. two characters interact, you're like, oh man, this is like the Mega Man cartoon. It's actually often much better looking than the Mega Man cartoon. <laughs> right. So like I just I think this is another thing that I'm like why did more games not do this? Like just throw the pixels, you know, onto a featureless face. Like don't, don't give the face features with polygons, make the face featureless and then create the illusion of features with pixels. And it, it looked great at the time. It is aged exceptionally well. It gave them way more options, right? Cause I mean, each character probably has, Without exaggerating, they probably have a dozen different facial expressions and like combinations of like eyes and mouth and like grinning their teeth and and eyebrows moving and stuff. And you think again to a contemporary like Final Fantasy VII, it's like each character had up to one facial expression. It's just like <laughs> man, I, I I don't know what would lead an art director to say like ah, eh, characters don't really need faces. It's like really, yeah. You, you think that'll be okay? Yeah, I think I think uh, I mean, generally speaking, as humans, I don't think they were really keyed in to detect small facial nuances and differences because it det- it determines whether or not the person across from you is going to try to kill you. Um, 
So no, I, I agreed and co-signed one hundred percent. One of the things too that that they did that I think was wise is that they generally kind of they don't they don't have like a whole lot of like while the 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 discussions are happening and the, the, the while they're talking to one another, they tend to and I forget the word for this, but they basically strike poses, you know. So they'll be talking, and then you know if 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 somebody says you know, and then. Uh, it turns out that she's not my brother. She is also my half sister. <gasps> and the person like, but then like they'll like take like a, a giant kind of step back and then deliver like two or three lines in that pose, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what it does is it is, is again, one is it doesn't make them spend a ton of money animating like all of these fluid motions, you know, like that you would have in a modern game where if you're talking to somebody, they'll, They'll kind of shift their weight and they'll kind of look around a little bit because that's what humans do, right? But you can't, you can't do that. In, I mean, it's going to look weird if you have like that level of motion because it's not going, it's going to look stilted. It's not going to look right. So instead, they just they basically make it look like a comic book, right? Where it's like, here's this scene, now here's this scene, now here's this scene, and that's that is um, that is very well done. I like that comparison of they kind of make it look like a comic book. Cause I, I also don't know what the term for that is. Um, but they, they hold poses in like little short vignettes. And I, I think mm-hmm. a comic book is a great way to help someone visualize what you're describing, right? Because there's five or six word bubbles in each panel, but the panel's obviously not animated. Right. So it's like, Oh, this is them being shocked. And that's the emotion you need to take away from this panel. So they they hold in the shocked pose because that's the body language that's most relevant to what's happening in this part of the conversation. And that's I, I think they it's harder to like rig the 3D animations, but it's a lot easier to rig the pixel animation on their faces. So when they need them to quickly go from like shocked to confused, they usually do it with the eyes and they keep the body language smaller, you know, so it's like they're kind of stealing some of the the like still vignettes of comic books but then they're like well but the thing can move so we do need to make it move a little what's a way we can do that that scales well that won't make the frame rate grind to a halt that won't cost us a fortune in uh you know complicated 3d rigging which remember was new to everybody at this time so to do it with pixel art which they probably had more artists who were familiar with and it's cheaper and it's easier to render like that's a good way to kind of almost cheat and get the best of both worlds, right? It's like their body's not moving that much. A lot of the expression comes from their faces, but when their body does move, it's a big dramatic movement. And so it communicates a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I think as far as uh, visuals for in service of gameplay, I, I didn't really, for me personally, I didn't really see any place where it wildly shown or wildly failed. Like your, your HUD has, is serviceable, you know, like it's not, um, it's not a diegetic HUD. It, it, I think they kind of attempted to make it that, but you know, it tells you how much life you have. It tells you how much special you have, you know, it's fine. If, if it's pertinent, if you're fighting a boss, it tells you how much life the boss has. I did feel that. I'm, and I'm not sure why they made this choice, but the boss's health bars are like traditional boss. Health bars are big. They're red. You, you hit them. They, they lose, they take little chunks of damage out. I don't know why they didn't make it like the little pellets like your health is and like classic Mega Man's was that 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 just kind of felt like a little bit of of a loss, you know, um, 
you know, because yeah, I, I just that is weird that like theirs moves as like a liquid and yours moves as like like Pez coming out of a dispenser. Like, yeah, like pips, you know, yeah. um, because like to me, you know, I, I, I don't know, like it would have just been cool when to again, like this this game has such a different artistic feel to it than classic Mega Man X or than, than classic Mega Man or Mega Man X. Right. Um, and I think that, that this was I don't know the timeline to it, but probably the leap the initial leap to 3d right you know so i think that that it it would have helped that kind of like visual through line that you know when all of a sudden if uh uh horseshoe crab hair lady um <laughs> that no that's if, fine I'm, <laughs> yeah. i'd rather you stick with that yeah so if, if horseshoe crab lady if when she appeared in her giant pink robot if like she appeared and it did that that and like kind of like showed her health bar fill like, that just would have been cool because I was like, oh yeah, now I'm I'm fighting a Mega Man boss. Like it would have just helped drive that feeling home. Again, not not considering how many things they got right with the visuals, it's not like, I, dude, I can't believe they missed out on this. But it just seems like kind of a man that that feels like it would have almost been easier than what you did. Like how did we miss that? So. Well, I I can imagine that discussion, possibly heated argument, happening in like the art room, right? Is someone saying, oh, well, this is, you know, like thousands of years after the Mega Man Classic and Mega Man X games, but it is set in the same universe, and this would be a fun little, like, visual consistency. And, like, I could kind of understand why someone would be like, no, no, though. Like, no, because Mega Man's life bar is reminiscent of his life bar in the other games, but it is different. You have this is the one thing I think the HUD uh, gets wrong. Just as a quick side note is like you have the little red ball like at the bottom of your health bar, which I guess mm-hmm. is like your life shield. And honestly, I finished this entire game. I've played this game before and I don't really totally understand what that meant. Like when it broke. And that, like, did I take more damage when it was broken? Did it break under certain circumstances? I don't know. It never really seemed to matter. So, like, I didn't really track it down. Um, I'm sure I could have found out in game, like, what it does, but I didn't. Anyway, um, not only does the life bar for the bosses not mirror Mega Man's in the way we've gotten very used to, but some, it's like they're all over the place. So, like, sometimes the life bar is directly in the center at the very top of the screen and it's like huge sometimes it's up in the right corner but it's horizontal instead of vertical sometimes it is up in the right corner but it's vertical sometimes you're fighting multiple bosses at once and so there's actually multiple health bars which is very helpful but like they're color coordinated which again super helpful like really useful visual but it is weird that i mean maybe maybe this is it Maybe they had so many different types of bosses where like sometimes we want to show you that they have a crap load of health and sometimes we want to color coordinate them because there's multiple smaller bosses that they were like, we can't use the one vertical bar for all these different scenarios we want. But yeah, I as a, a diehard fan of Mega Man X like yourself, uh, there is that part of me that's just like, ah, come on, do the yeah, have everything yeah, slow been- down for a second, make the life bar fill up. Yeah, and, and again, it just it would have been it would have been just a, a fun little thing too, because especially when you're making this type of jump, you kind of need that type of stuff to kind of be like, and it's a Mega Man game, you know? It would be like if when Mario came to Mario sixty four, if like there were no power ups, you know, like <laughs> no mushrooms, <laughs> no stars. 
Yeah. And I mean, and even even the degree to which they they use them in Mario, I was like, well, I mean, because in, in Super Mario Brothers 3, power ups everywhere, right? Like Super Mario World, you know, question mark boxes abound. And now it's like there are only question mark boxes in some stages under certain circumstances, you know, but but they were still there. And and definitely I'm not somebody who or try not to be somebody who's like, well, you have to do this in service to the brand, right? I feel like a bunch of games lose out because they're like, well, it's it's a it's it's a Bioshock game, so you gotta have scrounging. You gotta be scrounging through dumpsters. Doesn't matter that you're in the middle of a flourishing city and in eye line of like seven different people who think you're a respectable person who just went dumpster diving for plasmids or whatever it is. I forget. Um, plasmids but, actually does sound right. <laughs> yeah, I forget because I always screw up. There's it. I think it's plasmids in like the first one, and then it's ethers or something. I forget. Anyways, um, at me. Uh, so. <laughs> So I don't I don't want it to sound like like oh well well it's a Mega Man game so you have to do this but I think that when you're making a whole lot of different concessions especially because one you're making the jump from 2D to 3D and two you're making the jump from platformer to RPG it's like well what makes this a Mega Man game versus making it you know just rando first person shooter RPG right and and there especially because this one takes th- place thousands of years you're not talking about reploids and you're not talking about like there's no none of the uh, um, you know whatever five seven robot masters right. There's none of that stuff right. It's just what makes this a Mega Man game. It's like well the, the, the protagonist is blue, and they call him Mega Man. You know, so it's like well g- give me a little bit more. Give me a little bit more. You know. So that's just you know yeah my, it, my two cents. Th- this is definitely another like fine line situation where it's like I would like some fan service, and I don't really want to know that that's what's happening right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like uh, it's it's every time someone says like, oh, I hate CGI CGI in movies. And it's like, no, you hate CGI in movies that you are aware of when it's when it just seems like the character can fly or like they have horns coming out of their head or whatever. And you believe it. Then you think CGI in movies is great because what you're not thinking about is CGI in movies. Right. Fan service, I feel like, is very much the same way. The more times you turn to someone in the room and you're like, oh, hey that that's a throwback to Mega Man classic. Like you can do a couple of those, right? But after like some, I don't know if it's five or 10 or a thousand, but at some point you would be like, okay, yes, I get it. Yes. It says Mega Man on the box. I get that. This is a Mega Man game. You can stop now. Right. So like, I I just, you know, it's, it's salt, right? You want a little bit of salt. You don't want too much salt, but unfortunately I think that the correct amount of fan service probably varies a little bit person to person like salt. It, there was nothing wrong with that dish. It, the salt content was 10% less than a lethal dose. Oh, I oh, shouldn't have had seconds. Should... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, is, this is apropos of nothing, but pri- just prior to the show, we were faffing about, about something ridiculous where uh, we were talking about D&D and uh, somebody said, can I buy this ridiculous item? And you're like, it will melt your face and destroy everything. And I'm just really happy that I got to send you the Zoidberg. I'll take eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. finally being a crafty consumer uh but yeah so i, I think that <laughs> the one other thing that i just i really need to touch on for visuals is because we, we 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 switch up whether we talk about this in visuals or in gameplay but i've got more stuff in gameplay than i do in visuals so i'm shoehorning it in here <laughs> the the hitbox for picking stuff up is tragic it's tragic like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> so bad man <laughs> like to the point where i i was like it's it it's because it, okay so something about me listeners is 
I'm supposed to wear glasses. I don't. My vision's <laughs> just bad enough that like I can get by without wearing glasses through most of my life. So I don't wear them, especially because I tend to leave them places because I'll take them off without thinking and then leave them places. But I've started so I can sit a reasonable distance away from the TV, wearing them whilst playing video games, right? So that way I can like see fine text on the thing. And literally at one point I was moving around so much that I, I touched my face to make sure I was wearing my glasses because I'm like, <laughs> surely it's me. Like I've got to be screwing this up. There's no way I've walked by this key four times. And, 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 and especially, so they made the hitbox so narrow and in a game with tank controls, which we'll get into later, where it's kind of a little difficult to control. It's like, dude, you got to make that hitbox way wider, way wider. So I don't have to like sit there and fimble fart around like with trying to pick up this key or this health pellet. If there's something that's going to take you out of combat, it's going to be like Mega Man scrounging around like he dropped a contact lens while trying to pick up a health <laughs> pellet and people are shooting him in the butt. And things eventually blink out. So like Zenny and, yeah. and health blink out. So if you're in a room with a bunch of enemies, which to be fair, they don't typically overwhelm you with enemies. But if you are fighting like more than one enemy at a time, or you're trying to figure out like what your situation is, cause you're low on health or something like you may literally fumble around trying to pick up Zenny and it blinks out like while you're trying to pick you, it up. You know what you are? You're, you're the raccoon that like tries to wash the sugar cube in the water. You know, <laughs> remember that yeah. old video? It's like, no, but where, where did it go? Yeah. No, so, uh, that just, it just seems like, again, just one of those things that I think that this game is one that they spent a whole lot of time and effort making the Herculean jump, right? From 2D to 3D. And then there were just a couple of like, like while they were in midair, like, you know, like just striving, somebody's like, you, you took all the rocks out of your pockets, right? And like, ah, crap. It's like, you, you remember to wear dry clothes, not the clothes you just went swimming in, right? And it's like, ah, oh, man, you know, like just these little things where it's like this, you, you did so much hard work, but then you didn't take the rocks out of your pockets. And now this this is weird, right? You know, that that kind of stuff, you know, so. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I think it's worth mentioning that, and, and I don't know exact years and I won't check, um, but Mega Man X was still happening at this time in history, right? So there's six Mega Man X games and uh, three, three of them, four, five, and six are on the PlayStation. So th that game, that series was not limited to the Super Nintendo. We've only played one and three, which are on the Super Nintendo, but I, I'm pretty sure four, and I know definitely five and six were on the PlayStation. So like, those games, which are 2D side scrolling, mostly sprites, but some 3D work, um, but they're 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 exactly like the Super Nintendo games, just with more stuff. So th this game, there's probably quite a story behind like why this game even exists and how they got the rights to use these characters, and they didn't just make Ocarina of Time the Capcom edition because that's kind of what this <laughs> game is. It's Ocarina of Time, but made by Capcom. Um, I, I'm I'm starting to think more and more that like the fact that this game was happening contemporary as a contemporary to the Mega Man X series, which stayed the course, not in quality, unfortunately, but in like visual style <laughs> and and mechanics yeah. and stuff is probably why they made some of these deviations because they were like, no, this is our thing. It's a different Mega Man. 
This is an adventurous Mega Man, a legendary Mega Man, if you will. The Legend of Zelda Mega Man. You, you know what this this might be? This might be the uh, Wario of mm. Zelda. And you know what I mean? Like, because like, we, we kind of established in our in our Wario episode, which you all should take a listen to if you get a chance, is that, you know, we, we, we kind of feel that like, you know, Wario was the place where they they tested all of the weird stuff, and then the stuff that was really good made it into Mario games. Uh, and, but you know, like they were like, well, what if what if you could dash? What if you could do this? Like, what if all this other weird kind of stuff? This this may be that where they said, okay, 3D Universe Mega Man RPG, just throw throw stuff at the wall. Let's see let's see what sticks, you know. And then if it's like, uh, that's really more of a 2D mechanic, it's like, okay, then that goes into the X series. This goes into this bucket. You know, it's kind of like that dichotomy. This this may be kind of that similar mindset. Yeah. I mean, that's you don't if you're Capcom, you don't take one of your most beloved and actively developed franchises at the time and just be like, oh, let's break it. Right. Like they must have thought <laughs> this was an experiment worth doing, just like exactly like you said, like Nintendo did with Wario, where they were like, yeah, this is still part of the Mario universe. Like we we can do different things, but we can't ruin the Mario universe. That's where all of the money comes from. So, you know, similar for Capcom, like there there are certain franchises they're not actively trying to ruin, right? Like they didn't want to make the X series tank. They didn't they'll right. never do anything to harm Street Fighter, right? Because it's like it's a big important thing for them. Resident Evil, right? Like they have poured a lot of effort into that. And and this this feels like this was somebody's or some group's like passion project. Um and that is probably why some of those visual things are intentionally different. Um, I do want to make sure I mention uh, this game does something I tremendously appreciate more and more as we play games that are like early in a, a console's life cycle. There are not a huge number of civilians on the island of Catalox or whatever it's called. Um, every single one of them is unique. Every single person is a unique polygon person some of them look similar but they're all they're all unique they all have i think they all have names they all have like little personalities like the fact that they took the time to say okay this island it's you know it's it's post apocalypse right the world is it's water world basically so every island is very uh, sparsely populated in this game you're actually only ever on this one island so you're only in this one town right this is your your hyrule city um the fact that they said, okay, there's going to be 30 people in town, like 30, 30 people you could conceivably walk up to and have a conversation with or 50 or whatever. And it's like, okay, model them all. Like every kid needs to look different. Every shopkeeper needs to be a unique person. The librarian is not just copy paste of the person who runs the hospital. The people who work in the, the television studio, this is another thing. Like there's a bunch of side quests in this game that are not really shoved down your throat and you can, easily miss and they all have unique characters that deliver them and they do the exact same thing on the boss side not the enemy side the enemies are super repetitive like there's maybe i don't know eight to ten enemies but then you just see them over and over and over for the entire game but the boss is every single boss is unique you fight them exactly once they have their own uh, sp- uh not sprite but their own like model uh they have their own mechanics they do their own thing um it's not nothing right to have to not only design all those things but then implement them all um and i i just 
it just makes things feel like more believable when you're walking down the street <laughs> and you don't just see eight carbon copies of the same dude when at the bottom of the dungeon there's a giant reaver bot and oh god but it's actually a unique one that you never see again because that makes the world feel believable right like i just really appreciate when that corner does not get cut because that's one that i'm always like ah <laughs> Yeah, like it's 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 John and his seven clones. You know, it's like all right, all right. <laughs> the John you know, army. <laughs> agreed. Um, audio. Yeah. Um, this game has like super happy music, like really <laughs> happy music. And then in the places where you would expect like scary music, uh, they just decided, what if, what if not music, right? Like yes. I've got that note, yeah. which I think is actually kind of a cool choice. Like music in this game is mostly a positive thing for the first, like 75% of the game. I should say happy or heroic, right? The boss music is like heroic, right? It's like you're going and you're fighting the boss and like, but it's not really scary. Right. But then the, the, the sub gates, which are supposed to be kind of scary, right? They're dangerous. You're down there alone. It's dark. You're underground. Um, they just don't have music at all. Not even like ambient music. Like a lot of games we've played, try to do where there's like droning that kind of has a rhythm to it. There's just nothing. Yep. And sometimes it's just like, you know, birds chirping. And, and I, I appreciate that because it, it does then draw attention to the music, you know, again, doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be able to hum it, but it does. It, it's kind of like, well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's kind of like drugs, you know, where if you do drugs all the time, <laughs> you need more drugs to feel like you're on drugs. Right. So, you know, if you want to make the music make you feel epic, then it's got to be more epic than whatever the ambient music is. Um, also, I feel like for sound, they poured most of it into the fact that and this is something that's that's really kind of worth mentioning that because not, not all games do this now, certainly like no games did it back then. 90% of the dialogue has voice work for it, you know? And that's remarkable, you know? Um, especially in a game that's not American made, you know, like this is not like so they like like you said, when they localized it, the dubbing is is off like a bad dub, you know, but but still the fact that that they said instead of just stri- I mean, literally if they wanted to localize it, they could have just stripped all of that out, just and then said it's a text game, you know, re- read this. Um, and I, I guarantee you some versions of this game, they probably did that. Like some, <laughs> some of the, the European versions, like I doubt they recorded all Italian audio and all German audio, right? There's probably like a UK version, but then I'll bet some, maybe some other Asian countries or some European countries got the, the text only version, or they can do like the Japanese audio or something. Right. You can do Japanese audio, English audio. I mean, that's it though. Um, but, but that being said, is that it, it is it is worth saying that you know the the fact that there is voiceover work is tremendous. The voice acting is about what you would expect from voice acting of any anime of this, era, <laughs> you know, like it because that's a, just the thing is that like I can't say that the voiceover works it, it's it's not great, but anime like things were literally all they had to do was the voiceovers that was all trash during this time too. So it's not bad comparatively you know like it's not like they said uh well we got to localize let's cut corners and get jeff in accounting to do the voiceover work no they got they got legit people who did legit voiceover work at the time to do it. it's just it was all bad back then i just have forgotten how weird so it was. i'm 
I'm going to nitpick this because I have a note about this and, and this is honestly how I feel. Feel free to disagree with me. The voice acting for everyone is not what I would call bad. It's what I would call hammy overacting. Like this game, a lot of stuff about this game feels like they were trying to make it approachable to a really broad audience, right? Older players who loved Mega Man from when they were kids and they were playing like Mega Man Classic on the Nintendo and younger players who the PlayStation was their first console. And they were like, hey, we want to bring you into this like adventure game we're making with the massive caveat that I am not counting Mega Man in that Mega Man's voice actor is just bad. Like he (laughs) I, I just don't think he's very good. And almost everything he says, fortunately, he talks like the least out of everybody, but it, his voice acting one, it sounds like it's an actual kid, right? Cause he's supposed to be like the equivalent of like a 14 year old. Um, and it, it sounds like they actually have a, a younger person doing that voice. Um, I just don't think he's a very good actor. Like not at all. Like he's just bad. Whereas everyone else, every other voice actor in the game, I would say, Oh, this is someone who knows they have turned it way up, right? They've turned the cheese way up to 11 and not everybody likes that much cheese, right? So it's, <laughs> I think it's totally fair for if you're like, yeah, I don't care. I still think it sounds terrible. But if you listen to like roll and Mega Man have a conversation, roll sounds like she is hamming it up and Mega Man sounds like a subpar actor. And that's, just a weird thing that it's like, Oh, so every random NPC in the game who has a spoken line of dialogue, like you got a decent actor for, but the main character is like the, you know, the, the translator's nephew. (laughs) Well, and, and I would, I would agree with that. I think that all, uh, all, all voice acting for, well, not all most voice acting for most animes did that. And that's why I kind of, pings to me as being like bad because it's it's you're right it's it's all very hammy which very well may have been like the the the, the thing that they were told to do where it's like no get give me more more you know um but it's it's kind of like when somebody says to me hey i'm a great cook and i'm like cool and they make this like deep fried dish and i'm like all right this is this is fine it's just yummy and then like everything they make is full of fat salt and sugar it's like well no, you're not a great cook because fat, salt, and sugar taste great. Like that doesn't make you a great cook. It just means that you're 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 good at putting, you know, butter, salt, and sugar into a bowl and and saying drink this, right? Mm-mm. Um. So, uh, which by the way, when are you coming over to eat? I mean, you keep like ducking out. I don't really understand why. Oh, uh, uh, it's uh my my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he says if I eat over there again, I could die. <laughs> you're going to uh, die. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing wrong with that dish. Um, so, so anyways, uh, so I think that, that that's why it pings to me as like being that, that bad anime, because if it's like the, it's over 9,000, like that type of over the top, I'm like, all right, but, but maybe some nuance somewhere. Um, so I've got one other thing to say about audio, which is, uh, and this is, this is my, like, I'm just, it's a thing I noticed. And, I don't know, like, it's probably not a thing, but I just I just wanted to discuss it with another human. I think that in Japanese, there is a word that loosely translates to play that doesn't really mean play because they say we should play 
a lot in this and and many other games like that where it's like oh do you want to play oh i'm ready to play all right let's play and it means fight you know or like a struggle or it, like it, it's it's substituted in a number of different like places where i'm like there's got to be either one word or five words that mean nuance different like you know like let's fight kind of a thing but I, the, the amount of times i heard it i was like there's I'm just curious if there's a, some type of a translation thing there where it's like it's there's a different word that that is a substitute. We're substituting play in semi poorly, you know? Yeah, I I think um, what is probably happening there is exactly what you just said. But then the additional filter of cultural differences. Right. So a game it, like just I mean, think of uh, like any violent game from this time in history where in the country of origin, the blood is all red, but then in other parts of the world, it's sweat colored. Right. And it's, it's not that they didn't have the color red in those other countries. It's that they had like different standards. And so mm-hmm. I could imagine not only do you have to go between two incredibly different languages with huge, uh, you know, different vocabularies and, and grammatical structures, but then maybe what they're saying in Japanese is something like, you know, time to die. And then when they brought that <laughs> to America, they were like, no, this looks kind of like a bright, colorful, child friendly game. We're going to, you know, we're going to junior that down a little bit. So I think that's that's what usually makes it feel uncanny. Right. Because it, I, I know a couple of people who are professional interpreters and they all laugh at the joke, like the old joke of like, Oh, some words are just untranslatable. And they're like, no, they're not. There's no concept <laughs> that's untranslatable. These aren't aliens. They're just humans speaking another language. But if you have to translate it and then like culture translate it, like, because that's someone's opinion right now you're saying, right. well, this was a mature game in Japan, but it's going to be a teen game in America, or this was an everyone game in America, but we're going to make it like Peggy 12 when we send it to Australia. Right. So like anytime that happens, it's like, well, now, now you're not trying to translate it accurately. Like you're trying to get the rough gist sort of maybe, I mean, think about how many games have like sexual stuff in them that they then have or drug references that they then have like ridiculous how do we make this kid friendly oh my god so i think you're absolutely right but i i think it's more the it's like some assholes like culture war and not that japanese is this intractable language well and then also to add in the layer that somebody can always just be bad at their job too you know i mean it's like you know, like you could have somebody who says, like, I, I don't know, like this, this is probably the best way to go about this. And I mean, you know, uh, so so one is uh, just a quick aside. I saw a video and I don't know what it's from, but basically it's uh, some non-English speaking person, you know, giving an acceptance speech. Right. And so they, they go on, they're like, like, like talking, 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 talking for like a solid minute. And then their interpreter just leans into the microphone and goes, thank you. you know? <laughs> and that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, I guess, you know, <laughs> and I'm curious what else he said, I assume. Um, but anyway, so it could be partially that. And also, too, it's like, oh, well, we, we need we need kind of like a, you know, funner kind of like instead of, hey, let's fight. It's like, OK, let's let's have a go. Let's, you know, like th- there are other ways to kind of translate that. But it could just be somebody saying, like, let's play. It's like so now every time you see that word, just say, like, let's play. And it's just like there, there are more 
less wooden ways to get that concept across because we as people won't say like, oh, you want to play? Like, let's play like <laughs> so if if lines, if I was trying to entice you to 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 have a row, right? Like if I said, Hey lines, you want to play? Come on, man, let's play. You want to play, don't you? Like at some point it's like, are you we're still fighting, right? Like are we like this is are we dating now? It, this is this is getting me uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, man, let's just take our shirts off and play. Let's just take our <laughs> shirts and pants off and play. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And and you you actually did remind me of something. Um, and th- this will be my last ridiculous aside about this. Uh, <laughs> if you if if you or anybody listening is like, ah, I I'd be interested in some weird video game history go find the story and it's really easy to find because it was like a huge deal go find the story of the guy one singular the one guy who translated the entirety of metal gear solid like the first one on the playstation because it was one dude and there were a lot of concepts that hideo kojima just made up and so he had no one to talk to he had no ability to reference the real world so he was translating these made up these made up concepts from another language that he didn't have anyone that he could say like can you explain this concept to me a little bit and so some of the things like in his interview it's like oh well how did you come up with this term and he's like just thought it sounded neat just and i had no one was checking my work like i didn't have a boss i was the, <laughs> i was the entire translation team and i thought that this sounded fine so like the Metal Gear Solid franchise famously has, you know, the codec, which is like how you talk to other people. And sometimes it does other things like that's your, your radio. He just decided that that's what that thing would be called. That's not what it's called in any other language. Like the one American guy, or maybe he's Japanese and he just also speaks English, but the the person who did the translation was just like codec. And so like, yep, you, you're very right. When you say that games from this history or this time in history, like they they may have been bad at their job, but also sometimes it's like there was no panel. There wasn't a review board. Yeah. It was just like one person's job to decide. And they just like the word play because it's not very threatening. Right. I mean, because that's the thing is because when you have one person, you're now dealing with non-statistical relevance, right? You know, like they can just, if you have like, oh, we had a team of like 20 people. It's like, well, chances are that not, all of them are bad at their jobs, right? But or or feel that a certain thing, you know, like you're more likely to hit kind of a median. I will also say if you Google Metal Gear Solid Translator, it, it immediately the first thing that pulls up is the bizarre true story of Metal Gear Solid's English translation. So it is super findable. I found it while you were talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, plus one. Actually, you know what? Here, we'll do that thing. Um, you send me that link and I will actually put it in the show mm-hmm. notes for this episode. Excellent. Um, I will remember to do that. <laughs> yes, you probably might. Uh, I do have one <laughs> other uh, weird thing for audio. I want to like celebrate a little bit. Do you have any other audio stuff? Nope, I'm out. So uh, I played this game like probably half with headphones and half without headphones. And uh, it's it's worth knowing if you somehow have gotten this far into the episode and you've never played this game, uh, that this takes place in a water world like universe, right? Where the whole planet is covered with water and there's just these little pockets of land and basically all of their recovered technology and resources come from digging down into the land to recover re- fuel and machinery and old technology and stuff, right? That's how everybody who is alive survives. That means you are constantly 
constantly dealing with these like thousand year old robots, the reaver bots that have been, you know, suddenly reactivated underneath the island. And, you know, Mega Man is like kind of sort of mostly a robot. And like some people have like robotic parts, but the theme is not shiny cyberpunk super future. It's junk. Everything is made out of garbage, right? Literally, they just dig up trash from the ground and that's what their society runs on. And I say all that to say this, (laughs) if you play this game with headphones on the tender love and care that went into the, the metal rattling noises that things make is just triple a five stars, 10 out of 10. Like when Mega Man gets knocked down, it makes this rich, powerful, like metal rattling noise. When you knock over reaver bots, not only does it make the metal rattling noise, but because you're in like an enclosed space, it like echoes slightly off the walls. And because there's no music, it's this kind of like haunting, like metal grating noise. Uh, the big robots, like when you, you shoot them, they make like a bigger, louder clanking metal noise. Like some of the, the vehicles and things like they, they sort of like chug and, and like you can hear metal scraping and stuff. It's like, there's so much attention paid to well, everything is made out of trash. So nothing is like finely machined to work perfectly together. Like parts are scraping against each other all the damn time. And because of the way they chose to do the art direction, you can kind of forget that. Like everything looks sort of like nice and kind of put together and people talk about it. Like it's made from scrap, but man, the, the sounds really drive it home. Just the metal clanking, scraping, rattling noises are so, so lovingly crafted. And it's just, it's done in a subtle enough way that you won't really notice it without headphones on unless your speakers are like, you know, (laughs) cranked way up. But I just, I was like, wow, I really hope these people are proud of their work and okay with the fact that most everyone who plays this game will never be aware (laughs) of how much effort they put into like finally tuning all these metal rattling noises because it's just so subtle and so like (laughs) properly uh properly dynamic like it's not really loud and in your face it's just like damn that's true craftsmanship right these were like someone said this is the right thing to do the world is made out of garbage it should sound like it's made out of garbage and then they did it to no applause and no fanfare (laughs) Yes, that is somebody who really, really does care about their work. Um, controls, mechanics? Yeah. Um, do you want to tear on the camera controls first, or should I? I think I feel like you should go. Yeah, okay. So, um, tank controls. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, is that I've gotten into woodworking recently, um, and I've, I've watched the quality of my work go up over time, which is in part due to me getting more skilled as a, as a craftsman. Also, I have been purchasing as I go tools for the job. Um, So I can speak to the fact that there is only a certain level of quality that you can generate when you do not have the proper tools for the job. If you are going to create a game in three dimensions, you need to have two analog sticks. Every single platform, every single controller that has been made since a certain point in time has, it it, it would not be the fact that like we, we, we're, for whatever reason, you know, like, there's there's a certain genetic like thing that works with 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 um 
with mammals and all mammals do it. Like all mammals have like what, whatever bilateral symmetry. If that didn't work, then it wouldn't be what everything looks like. Right. So I say all of that to say, oh, my God, like it's bad. And, and, and again, like I, I feel bad trashing on the game because there's I don't have any other solution to this problem. It is, in my opinion, unsolvable without the proper tools for the job. But to me, the fact that they have a, a Z targeting that works poorly and a um, and you can use L and R to shift yourself, which is life saving because maneuvering without L and R to just kind of like guide which direction you're going in would make the game just straight unplayable. If every time you needed to change your direction, you had to stop, hold a button, slowly turn and then go in that direction, that would have been DOA. But that being said, is that it makes combat a slog, um, in, in my opinion. Uh, and because of that, uh, it, it, it makes me, and, and so again, like this is unfortunately where a lot of my shining praise kind of starts to immediately, like precipitously drop, right? Is that to me, Mega Man, it's, it's, it's up until this point, right? Has been, you know, jump and shoot, man, right? Like it's all, it's all combat. It's combat all the way down. But now they're like, okay, we're going to add like this deep story and, and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, okay, all right, that's cool. But when all of a sudden the combat, the, 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 the meat is rancid, it, it makes me start to question like what what is the part of this game that is supposed to make me want to play it? Because if it's the story, then I'm not a huge fan of like the walk walk to my neighbor's house, read a page of the book, and then walk all the way back to my house and then walk back over to my neighbor's house to read the next page of the book. If it's a good story, then I want to watch it. That's great as an anime, you know? Um, so there has to be something intrinsically engaging. And I think that's supposed to be the combat, but because the way the camera works is so completely broken, I, I found combat to be an unenjoyable mess, honestly. But what are your thoughts? Unenjoyable mess is not too heavy handed, right? Like <laughs> th th this is something that I, you and I, like you and I usually have similar issues but then they they manifest differently right we have the same disease but different symptoms because <laughs> sure i yeah i know it's really dark but um like what i realized is oh uh the lock on uh which i literally have in my notes as lock on more like lock feet because when you're when, <laughs> when you're z targeting right like i said i mean this is this you is mega man, mega man zelda right when you're z targeting right. you can't move right it yeah. freezes you in place and it directs the camera, which is useful. But when you go back to that control style with a modern games literacy, you're like, what do you mean? I can't move. Right. Because right. it's just, they, this is the call they made at the time. Cause this was before the PlayStation controller even had analog sticks. Right. And then, and they didn't have like support for it once there were analog sticks. So they just, this is the, this is the choice they went with. But what I realized fairly early on maybe like a third of the way through the game is oh unless you're in an incredibly cramped place like a narrow hallway if you uh run and shoot mega man will more or less direct his shot toward a target that's like roughly center of the screen so if you are strafing side to side and there's an enemy that's roughly in the center of the screen, it will correct for you and you will hit it most of the time. And you can get 
pretty decent at that where you then add in like tapping the shoulder buttons. So you're just rotating. Technically what you're changing is Mega Man's trajectory. And what you end up doing is a really ugly circle of like small straight lines, right? Like a, a instead of like an octagon, it's like a 50 agon where you're just making all these tiny little course corrections and you can run a circle around an enemy and granted most enemies don't take that many hits but if there's more than one or you're fighting a boss you do have to move or you will super die so you can draw this ugly circle around an enemy and win with that strategy but it's not any fun right so there are other ways you can approach combat and and they're they may be more or less successful but this way basically always works and it's basically no fun and there's a few boss <laughs> fights where this strategy does not work and it's like oh oh no like my one yeah. my, your, my fir- one your first order optimal strategy has yeah. now fallen apart yeah well, and- so the the good news is i got good enough at that strategy that it brought combat up from being a slog to just being an obstacle like a trivial it's like oh i just have to do this now um but that's not great right that's not, yeah. <laughs> that's not what you want well, especially because and, and, and it made me reflect on like what what is the core aesthetics they're going for with this game right um and for my opinion is that typically what you see with like Mega Man video games it's a challenge right it's it's game as obstacle course right it's typically what most Mega Mans are and and if you're buying a Mega Man game what you're showing up for right this one decided to also pull in the core aesthetic of narrative which is fine you know like i'm 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 in it for a good story but then and again like i don't they, they were faced with an impossible task but um yeah when all of a sudden it's like okay but but the challenge is 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 not fun and actually I found the way I the workaround I found for combat um, that d- didn't wildly work against flying objects. Anyway, it, it, whatever. Uh, the point is that I found that the mines right that you drop either don't damage you or damage you a trivial amount. Right um, when you drop them and then they immediately explode in your radius. Right, but not from you stepping on them. So what I literally did was just run directly up to a bad guy, get right in their dumb face, and then just drop mines in front of them until <laughs> until they died. You know, because the mines dealt a fair amount of damage, right? So like on the ones where they they started passing the key around, right? Like so, there's a one where there's three robots. They they pass the key around, but it always first goes to the blue robot, right? So one, I spent probably ten minutes figuring that out, right? And I was like, okay, then I spent a half an hour just slogging through it and got nowhere. Right. And then and then w- the way I eventually got past it was, you know, I, I, I'd aggro them. So they start tossing the key around and I just run right up to the blue one and mine, 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 dead, you know. <laughs> and I was like, yes, good. And then because the thing is that, like, you would take some damage doing that. But the amount of health that they would drop was greater than the amount of damage you would take in that process. So it was the way to go. And then, um, you know, horseshoe crab lady shows up with her giant pink robot. And I just ran up to that one, just like landmine, landmine, landmine. And again, that's not fun, right? It doesn't make me feel, again, like this is now like an obstacle. And also, when that strategy stopped working for me, i.e. when there were flying enemies, I was just hosed, you know? Um, and so, again, like it's, 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 it may be ha- have the best story in the world, but in that case, then I'm way more likely to say it should have been an anime or, um, you know, I'll just watch it on YouTube. I'll just watch the cut of it on YouTube. Like, that's cool. Um, so, uh, so that's what I have for the camera and and ultimately the controls. 
the one other thing I'm going to, I, I want to make sure that I whine about um, is, uh, you know, the cycle time, because it's my job. So uh, this is what I do. Um, I remember being like, all right, you know, this is cool. I kind of play around. But then the first time I, 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 I think it was the first time I died. I was like, okay. No, one is that there, there is no, I died and now I'm like back in it. It's you died, load your safe, you know? And that's N- nothing makes it feel more like an RPG of this era than yeah, load your save. This is Final Fantasy, bitch. Back on the title screen. <laughs> you 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 you're, you're Morty, man. You created a time split. Now go kill that other Morty and get back into it, you know? Like um so yeah, so just punt it back to the title screen. You go in, load your save. Okay. Um but then like with the three, you know, robots that are passing the key around, right? Um, so I, I I finally managed to before I figured out my landmine solution right managed to get past that and I was like okay I got like half my health left you know but I can I'm now gonna fight and I thought I was just done I was like oh god now there's a bigger bad that showed up well crap and then I died and I was like well hopefully I'll just restart fighting the bigger bad but at full health nope gotta get kicked back to your save and then do all of it over again I'm like oh my god I can't. Literally, that was one time where I just, I, I didn't even rage quit. I just, I was defeated. Like I just, <laughs> that was the end of that play session because I just put down the controller. I'm like, I just can't do this again. And then, you know, a couple days later, I picked it back up and then figured out my landmine solution and, and, and was able to make some solid forward progress. But I don't, in my opinion, especially in modern gaming, you, you never want the player to get to the point where they're like, I just don't think I can do this. You know, like, I'm not sure how much time, energy and effort I'm going to have to put into getting good enough to not only get past, you know, the first guard, but then the next guard, who's also a Navy SEAL. Like, dude, I was fighting Kevin, who was a mall cop and he was kicking my butt and I finally got past him. And now all of a sudden, you know, we've got that hard pipe hitter behind him. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, I'm hosed, you know. So, again, like the, the, the cycle time such that, you know, you have to beat the mini boss before the thing that killed you is is rough that's just rough you know well i i legit hope we're still doing this in you know like 25 years because that'd be neat um yeah but the the reason i say that is um please don't leave me no the reason i say that is (laughs) (laughs) the reason i say that is we have now had the dual analog stick paradigm which to be fair to the PC master race is kind of like the mouse uh, WASD paradigm, right? Like you control the character with this and you control the camera with that. So like we've had that paradigm now for a minute, like a long time, right? So eventually we will probably move beyond that because nothing, even the things that seem like, well, how could there be a better solution? It's like, right. We're just in the part of the cycle where we haven't come up with the better solution. Otherwise we'd be doing that. Right. No one looked at dual analogs and was like, this is dumb. As soon as somebody did that, everyone was like, yes, forever. Right. And, but really not forever, just until we figure out the next thing. And what that makes me wonder is when we get to that next thing, let, let's just pretend for a second it's VR controls, right? Where the, the headset can just see what you're doing with your hands and, you know, cameras are magic. So take someone who grew up and their bulk of their games literacy happened on that and then give them dual analog sticks. Will they feel about dual analog sticks at all similarly to how we feel about the time 
right before Doolan a lot, right? Because if you go back to a Nintendo game or a Super Nintendo game or Genesis game, I don't think either of us have ever said like, oh man, the D-pad just wasn't up to these two dimensions because the D-pad is awesome at two dimensions, right? But the D-pad sucks ass at three dimensions. So (laughs) I, I think the time of 3D games, but not essentially 3D controls is where a lot of the struggle happens. And and I say all of that to say this, which is at the time, this may have felt like a reasonable difficulty because we didn't know any better, right? Nobody sat down to this game and was like, well, I could beat this boss if I had dual analog sticks or if I had mouse and keyboard. Everyone had just the D-pad and and the shoulder buttons for rotating the, the camera. And, and that was it, right? You didn't know any better. So like, I kind of wonder if someone would come back to like, Dark Souls, which has, you know, a crushing difficulty and sometimes an intentionally jerky cycle time where you have to beat like several bosses in a row and you can't start in the middle of that boss rush. Like, will people come back to that and be like, what, what with dual analog sticks this is impossible. How did anyone ever do this? Like, I just, I think it's, it's an interesting thing worth considering because it, it bears not at all on the task we actually have before us, right? Which is did this game hold up because someone might play dark souls 20 years from now and be like, this doesn't hold up. It has dual analog controls. Oh my God. So, um, I, I really like that question. I would argue that the, um, answer to your question is probably no. Like, I don't think that it's that it's, it's going to be like, cause I mean, to, to use the, the, the analogy that you kind of came up with, right. Is that, um, once we figured out that a D-pad worked for moving in two dimensions, I mean, we still use a D-pad for moving in two dimensions, you know? So creating the dual analog sticks for moving in three dimensions didn't retroactively change the use of the D-pad for moving in two dimensions, right? So um, another uh, corollary would be like, once we figured out how, you know, a horse and buggy worked, right? You know, like that's, we, we just did that for thousands of years, you know? Because that, that worked. If you wanted to get a horse to move you around on the ground, then that, that was the way to do it. And eventually, yes, we did come up with cars, but the principle is largely the same, you know? Um, but then when we decided to move in three dimensions, that didn't fly, literally. So we came up with <laughs> so we came up with airplanes, right? But then if you look at the if you look at like airplanes now versus airplanes when we first made them, they're wildly different. But if you look at kind of airplanes over the last 20, 30 years similar you know so i would say that it's it's kind of that like once you make a new leap in in some type of way of perceiving the media then like there's this weird awkward phase where they say well how do we deal with this now but then once we lock into like a way to do it then that pretty much sticks for ever ish you know or for a a substantive period of time well and i think to exactly your point of like the analog stick didn't replace the d-pad because the analog stick is really good at something else i've actually had that exact argument with a listener of the show when they go back and play classic games and like oh i have to use the d-pad and i'm like right because it's the correct tool for the job and like right there are modern games like that are in you know like shovel knight is a great example like you can play shovel knight with the analog stick but 
why why would you do that to yourself it's so yeah. imprecise like it's it's insane to you me you can accidentally move move up at an angle instead of moving up straight because it could it has that free range of motion it's supposed to i know i'm moving right because i'm pressing the button to make me move right or the button to make me move at an angle like those are discrete yeah. i i do not understand like my mind literally just doesn't get when someone's like oh i would rather use the analog stick i'll just press it in a true cardinal direction i'm like but what if you didn't have to do that what if the controls could only do that and anyway right um but i, I wonder like that may or may not scale forever we've gone into such a crazy philosophical thing now but like maybe <laughs> vr controls will be so much better than 3d controls for the analog sticks that they will replace them probably not i think you're probably right you know you have like planes didn't replace cars they are another thing that transports people right mm -hmm. cars didn't replace horses because there are still things they did culturally but not technologically like you still can't drive most cars like down the grand canyon right you need to get on the back of a burro and go down the grand canyon right so it's like it's 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 an evolution not like a direct replacement but anyway the camera controls in this suck <laughs> yeah the cam camera controls suck and and from my seat the cycle time sucks so um and and again like the the, the fact that uh, because the the combat is so fast and requires such a degree of precision um to me having those those poor camera controls it just i mean it makes it makes combat broken beyond the point of being enjoyable as an aesthetic um that I, I think that's that can play is not unfair and yeah is probably the <laughs> single largest valid criticism oh, yeah. against the game like no question yeah no i mean like like you know credit, credit where credit's due they did a lot of things very very well but it's like and again like the thing that's heartbreaking from my seat is i it's just they did not have the tools to do this right you know so it's like you know you can see by with, with you, you can even see like how they were trying to be innovative with you know the the way that they were doing the anime faces. I mean, like they were tr they were trying. This wasn't like a a money grab or anything like that. This was you know like a skilled team of artisans trying desperately to create iron armor with only the materials to make bronze. You know, like they just that that's what they had. You know. And so they're they're like, well, what if we had this? And what if we had this? And what if we try this? It's like that's great. And he made really really great bronze. Unfortunately, that guy has 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 iron, and and he's gonna cut through it like butter. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you you say stuff now. <laughs> um, I've just got uh, this one last thing I wanted to make sure I talked about. Uh, that I think will be a good segue into whether or not it held up. So that this will be my my last controls and mechanics thing that will will take us into whether or not this held up. Um, I really like the scale of this game. You're not saving the world. You're not defeating evil for all time. You're, you're saving a handful of morons on one small Island. And it doesn't even start out that way. You're just trying to fix your boat so you can leave. Right. And mm -hmm. then it turns out that the people on the Island are under threat. And you don't find that out till like the 11th hour. Like it's right at the very last minute that it's like, Oh crap in trying to fix the boat we accidentally like woke up this jerk who's going to destroy all life on the <laughs> island right i mean literally it's like oh we need these parts oh crap we woke up you know the big bad so and who hasn't done that you yeah, know you know i mean you go to target like you and you you summon the devil and you, 
Um, <laughs> Doom 2016. <laughs> um, but I, I really like that. Generally speaking, uh, the main quest is very simple and not super. I mean, it's high stakes to the characters. So you're, you're supposed to be empathizing with the characters, but it's not high stakes like universally, right? Um, it's not even high stakes globally. Like if this one Island got blinked out of existence, like most of the islands, the other islands probably wouldn't even know that that happened because they're also isolated. So, uh, the characters are small time. The, the risk is small time. All of the side quests are like kind of silly. Like you, uh, you can go do like a TV show. Um, the kids in the, the first little hallway you go into, like the bullies, like you can join their gang if you do like some dumb fetch quests for them. Uh, one of my favorites is, uh, there's a side quest where a bank gets robbed and it's the serve bots. Cause of course it's those stupid little Lego guys. And if you stop them, you can actually steal the money instead of returning it. And it's nice. no question the fastest way in the game to get a huge amount of money, like really quick. And if you do that, as far as I know, nothing in the game changes except your armor turns black. Ooh, nice. Right? So the universe doesn't know you're a criminal, but you, the player, know you're a criminal. And there's just lots of little silly, dumb, like it's 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 like if you took all of Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, like an, an early 3D Zelda, and you said, what if just a tiny little slice of that, right? Like people in danger, but you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world, right? You're not trying to stop evil and and then return the master sword to its, its slumber. Like I just, I wish more games were willing to be not just short. Cause this game is only like eight hours, but not just short, but also like slice of life. Yeah. Like just, you know, not everything has to be the doctor rebooting the goddamn universe. Like sometimes (laughs) it can just be, I care about these characters and this is a problem to them. So I care about this problem, right? Like that, that does happen, but to me, it doesn't happen enough. And that's a huge part of what makes this game good in my memory. And that brings me into whether or not I thought this game held up. Uh, And I have to give this a begrudging nostalgia monocle because I so badly wanted to replay this after not having played it in like a decade and a half and just be like, oh man, it's just the way I remember. And unfortunately it is including the terrible controls, which (laughs) to your experience sucks a lot of the joy out of it. And even to my experience sucked some of the uh, non-trivial amount of the joy out of it. So. If you played this game as a youth and you have a strong games literacy with jank early PlayStation control schemes and you can overlook that, this game is bright and colorful and the stakes are low and the music is nice and the characters are are likable and the voice acting is it it exists and like overall the game is just it's like fun. It's it's it it's like a it's like your kid like baking you a cake on your birthday, right? It's like, is this the best cake I've ever had? No, but I'm just delighted that it was made and that I get to enjoy it. Like as long as I don't get food poisoning from it, then yes, it's nice, but it's hard for me to recommend this to someone without saying, Oh man, but those controls, like you really need to be prepared to either learn them or tolerate them because it's not like they get better at some point in the game. They're as bad from the moment you gain control over Mega Man 
to the moment, you know, the credits roll at the end. So Nostalgia Monocle, for sure, I wish it didn't have to be because I, I want this series to like get recognition it kind of never got outside of like its core fan base, but it's it's hard to recommend without a big old asterisk on it. So I, I had to go Nostalgia Monocle. And uh and and I, I kind of feel you I, I empathize with you. Um I, I, I give it a begrudging nostalgia goggles because I, I don't want to. I, I don't. Like a lot of times when I'm like nostalgia goggles, I enjoy it. Like I, I'm like, yeah, and screw you for wasting my time game and I hit it with the baseball bat and move on with life, you know? But uh but no, I mean like it's just again, like it's just it's it's like watching oh my god. So yeah, you know what? Let's just let's just take all of it down. Let's just take it all down. <laughs> so this is this is the most like sad thing that's happened to me as a parent, but it 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 bears on this. So um yeah, yeah, let's just let's just make it weird. So so basically my son was trying he's learning how to read, right? And so I created a, a little sheet with, with just on notebook paper with all the different word families, right? And so I started just writing out the words, you know, because the problem is with kids when you're teaching them how to read is that they'll just memorize whatever book you give to them. And then they're not learning how to read. They're just memorizing the text. Right. And Teddy's good at memorization. Right. So um, so I started writing down the words and he, he basically was memorizing them. Right. And so then I said, you know, don't memorize it. I need you to learn the, the rules. Right. And then basically he started just kind of like his, his attention was waning. So I said, look, are we done? You know, if we're done, then that's fine, right? And he said, yeah, we're done. And so I said, fine, because I could feel that I was starting to get frustrated. So I stood up and I walked out of the room and I closed the door behind me. I got 10 steps out of his room. I was like, that, look, he's doing his best. You know, like, I just, I need to go back in there and, 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 and explain to him, like, what, what I'm trying to do. And I walked back in and he's sitting on his bed with my handwritten notes, staring at it feverishly and crying because he doesn't understand what he's doing wrong you know (laughs) and that moment right and so that is this game to me right you know where it's like they just they, they, they wanted it so bad but they just did not have the tools in order to do it you know um so yeah, so no, unfortunately, nostalgia monocle, or it's not, not not nostalgia monocle for me. It's full on nostalgia goggles because, realistically, like if 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 anybody were saying to me like, hey, I want to experience this game, I'm like, dude, just go online and get a YouTube video and watch it. Like it's it cuts out the part of the game which is not fun, which is unfortunately the game part, you know. So I mean, like like honestly, push comes to shove, it just the the thing I'm left with is the save point is the monkey. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head. From the time that you spent traversing the land, battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand, your memories creeping with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you lost for a while. You're gonna think back much less on how you say. 
the day.